the baby boomers led waves of dramatic culture changes. Their voices raise awareness of consumerism, retirement programs, higher education, health care, and civil rights transformations. Now, the baby boomers have reached an age where it is our turn to give back to them for their voices, their struggles, and their footprint on the society we benefit from today. Boomer Living TV's podcast is dedicated to the support and the enhancement of senior living and the baby boomers' needs and demands. We welcome conversations between caregivers, providers, gerontologists, geriatricians, neurologists, technologists, developers, and operators with one objective, to serve our baby boomers. By bringing together these experts and the baby boomers' families, we can share our knowledge that will educate and inspire others on how to care for the baby boomers. We're a social platform that focuses on the respect and care of this aging population that gave their youth and their wisdom to the society we benefit from today. Jeff Gronmeyer is the Director, International Census Development. He is with Meridian Senior Living. They run 23 senior living communities between the U.S. and China, one of which is in Wuhan. Jeff is here with us today to share his experience weeks in China during the coronavirus breakout and how he's managed to get back to his family. Hey, Jeff, thanks for uh, being here. Our lives have been turned upside down, and I really appreciate your time to be here today. No, anytime. Happy to help. The coronavirus, which surfaced in a Chinese seafood and poultry market late last year, On December 31st, the government in Wuhan, China, confirmed that the health authorities were treating dozens of cases. Days after, researchers in China identified a new virus that had infected dozens of people in Asia. And at the time, there was no evidence that the virus was readily spread by humans. Today, March 21st, the World Odometer indicates there are over 208,000 active cases and over 13,000 deaths. The World Health Organization has declared the situation a global pandemic. So, Jeff, you were in China in December, late December. So what were you doing there and how did you get back? Sure. I work for a partnership between an American senior living company and a senior living company that is based in China called Santa Ocean Group. They own about 23 communities across mainland China, one of which is actually in Wuhan, where everything started. So I work over there to help their teams learn how to speak to Chinese families and Chinese elders about the benefits of living in senior living communities. When this first broke out, I was over there for my second visit. I go for 45 days to 60 days at a time. And I just happened to get fortunate enough that my visa expiration was about a week before all the airlines shut down their flights into China and about seven days before the Chinese government enacted the nationwide quarantine. They had already quarantined Wuhan while I was there, but the nationwide quarantine happened just shortly after I left. So really kind of cut it a little bit close. Otherwise, I would probably still be in China living under the quarantine. So, Jeff, you just made it back on the verge of flights from China, not allowed in the U.S. Yeah, it was really right on the edge of the envelope. If I would have waited one more week, I flew out on a Saturday. If I'd have flown out the following Saturday, I would have not been able to get back to the United States. So how long were you there? That particular time, I had been there since December 15th. So you were there at least two or three weeks 
So what did you see? What was the impact of the coronavirus? Yes, I was actually working in Shanghai and had a trip scheduled to our building in Wuhan when the State Department issued its travel advisory. So like a lot of business people who travel to foreign countries, we monitor uh, the State Department apps on travel advisories, and suddenly they put the Hubei province on that advisory, and I canceled a four-day business trip to Wuhan, and that was the same time that they started to shut everything down there and issue the local quarantine. So what do you see in China and how they dealt with the outbreak? And what do you see now in the U.S.? Well, it's interesting. There's a lot of unique differences between the countries I think that a lot of people are probably aware of. What I am most impressed by is a lot of the similarities, the freedoms and some of the things that they get to do and the way they conduct overall the business society and the cultural society are a little bit of an unknown. But the biggest difference for them in managing this virus is that the Chinese as a culture, as a people, they, for the most part, and you never have complete compliance, they really do go along with and embrace the effort that was put into the social distancing and the quarantines. They obviously took it a lot further. Infrastructure-wise, the way they're built, every home community, apartment complex, large public gathering place always has a gated entry or multiple gated entries. So you can't just easily go in and out of things if they want to shut them down. So they have a infrastructure set up that allows them to close off pretty much anything they want, either in totality or just in small areas, which they started with in Wuhan. But the biggest difference that I noticed was there was no panic. There was no negative feedback to what was occurring. People just knew what they were going to do. They accepted what was coming, and they really were galvanized to make sure that the outbreak did not spread to their families and loved ones. They're very prideful in an appropriate way about how they interact with each other socially. So while they won't necessarily stand in line when you're at a store, they also don't bump into each other. There's not a lot of rude yelling or complaining when things are backed up. People are just kind of quiet and calm and accept what's coming on a daily basis. And that's probably because it's very crowded all the time. And if you think about it, just from a common sense standpoint, uh, when you're in a crowd, it's a lot easier to manage that kind of environment if everybody just stays calm. So some of those inherent components really, I think, help them. And of course, we've seen the results of that. They, they move through their virus outbreak very quickly while it was certainly damaging. It was limited. I believe, you know, if I looked at the news recently, Italy has now passed the death toll there than what they had in China. And when you consider how many people they had to be impacted by this, I think they really did a, you know, an amazing job and as a group are happy that they were able to come through it. So before our call, I checked on the World Odometer. It indicates there are over 208,000 active cases and over 13,000 deaths to date, March 21st. Yeah, it's a big number. I was on, uh, obviously, here in the United States, I have to work with my partners in China via phone conference and teleconferences. We were speaking last night about some new statistics. There was a ratio given for the number of deaths that had occurred in, in Wuhan versus the rest of the country. And there was about a 4% difference in the mortality rate between the Wuhan epicenter and the rest of mainland China. And the real difference between that was just the availability of hospital beds. You know, that's a big conversation right now, overwhelming the, the healthcare system. 
what the Chinese were able to do in most parts of the country, and especially in Wuhan, that helped them get through it is after the last pandemic with SARS and MERS, they developed temporary hospitals, which are basically like a tilt-up building, and they put up 1,000-bed hospitals in 10 to 14 days in key areas. So they were able to try to treat as many people as they could. It was still too much and overwhelmed the Wuhan system, so they had a much higher mortality rate because of the lack of medical care and supplies like ventilators. But in the rest of the country, they were able to keep the systems working and people were able to get treatment. And and if that was the case, then it looks like the death toll from the disease is fairly minimal. But those are just some of the first pieces of information that will probably start to come out into the public you know, as uh, information sharing amongst the World Health Organization, the CDC, and, you know, the Chinese medical community starts to work together on what they've been finding. It's definitely a global issue. And from my perspective and what I see, everybody's working together, sharing information. I know our buildings in China, you know, have shared best practices with our company here in the United States. And so hopefully we'll learn from some of the things that they got to see and we'll be able to be successful in combating this virus here in the United States. For many of us right now in America, the scale of the coronavirus crisis reminds us of 9-11 or the 2008 financial crisis. These events reshape our society in lasting ways. For example, how we travel, how we buy homes, to the level of security and surveillance that we're accustomed to. The U.S. right now is third highest globally in the COVID-19 total cases. Globally, we need to all come together not only vertically within our industry, but also laterally across all industries and humankind to help one another? Well, you know, I think the difficulty, and we talk about this in our meetings, I think our biggest struggle is just going to be getting people to put this into a level of seriousness that it needs to be without first having seen a bad outcome. When we typically have uh, norovirus or other contained viruses in senior communities, We've seen what the result of that is. We have experience with knowing what happens when you get sick and want to try to avoid it. With something like this, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of misinformation. And so you just have a huge number of people that are lax in how quickly they respond and how aggressively they respond. And if there's one simple lesson that China showed us, if you can truly shut things down, quarantine people, keep the social distances keep people from congregating in any kind of significant numbers. Certainly not things like you see in Miami on spring break and different things like that to travel around from state to state. If you can shut that down, you'll be good. In the senior living space, we just have to be really vigilant about the overall health care. We have the advantage of being able to give our residents daily checks and see symptomatic expressions very early and not take any chances. We also have a pretty good stockpile of safety items, gloves and masks and things like that because it's a natural part of our business inventory. So I think there's some great opportunities there. The real key for us is going to be keeping our caregivers healthy. We need to look at ways to maybe let some of the frontline caregivers in our buildings stay on campus if they're able to, uh, not go home and risk travel and infection or contagion from people they might come in contact with. So I think having some of those plans in place for a senior living community that would hit very quickly is definitely a good thing. And I know at least from 
you know, our company, uh, we're doing a lot to pre-plan that. We have a call every day to not only just go over what we're seeing in terms of anybody who may be getting sick, and at this point, nobody is, but what are we going to do? How are we going to handle it? We have a crisis support hotline already set up and ready to go. So a lot of things just, you know, in the background, ready to spring into action if the need happens. And that preparedness, I think, is going to be the key to our overall success both as a country and as an industry in senior living, because we're certainly taking care of the most at-risk people when you talk about seniors with underlying conditions. Let's use your lessons learned to share across the board in the senior living industry. Admission that you need help does not mean that you are less of a leader. We all need to reach out and share solutions for others to help flatten the curve. So do you have anything that you would like to share with the listeners? You know, if I wanted to leave anything with, you know, a broader audience, it's this really is a time to let down the competitive lines. You know, I know in the senior industry, we have a wide range of operating types. You know, we have small operators with just a few buildings and we have global conglomerates that are managing thousands. It's going to require all of us sharing resources, sharing ideas and best practices, either through our industry or state associations or just our personal contacts. So, you know, I would uh, encourage anybody if they have questions about plans or things that they might want to implement or things that I've seen that were successful in our buildings in China, they can reach out to me through my LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to share that knowledge or expertise or ideas with anybody in, in any industry because uh, we're all friends now. We're all in the same boat. So time to really pull together and think of ourselves as one united effort against this pandemic. And if we do that, I think we'll come out the other side of it, not only healthy, but with a, a better understanding of each other and maybe a closeness that will benefit us moving forward. Thank you so much, Jeff. Stay safe to you and your family. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Boomer Living TV's podcast. Make sure to visit our website, boomerliving.tv, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other platforms. This way, you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we would really appreciate a rating in iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us tremendously. Be sure to tune in weekly for our next episode. And remember, growing old is the purest and the most positive experience of human existence.